welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At The Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A R. Y-S-E.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. In here with me tonight, Amadou So, Dan Galinsky, to help me break down these last couple of losses against the Toronto Raptors and the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, the Cavaliers were playing some good basketball there for a minute. Uh, these last couple losses have been both kind of weird ones. The Raptors and just one to just the defense was non-existent, and the Raptors were white hot. And this Pelicans game was just kind of a weird one itself tonight. We can get into both of them. But first, Amadou, Dan, how are your Sunday nights going? Um, It's going it's going decent, man. How about yours? You know, I mean, the game was, was entertaining, if nothing else, yeah. so I can't complain. Yeah, indeed. <sighs> well, the score, the score against uh, Toronto... 135 to 115. It was honestly pretty impressive. The Cavaliers were able to keep it within 20 after the first half. Uh, and tonight, 116 to 109 against the Pelicans in a game that the Cavaliers seemed to have control of most of the way, but kind of slipped away from in the end. Uh, Zion with a dominant performance in this game. Uh, had 38, 9, and 4 on 16 to 22 shooting. Uh, basically all those shots at the rim. Uh, kind of sealed the game up late. Uh kind of closed out you know any chance of the Cavs winning there at the end we can focus on this Toronto Raptors game first uh, the player of the game in this one Gary Trent Jr who for the Raptors 44 points seven rebounds on 17 of 19 shooting seven of nine from three a ridiculous outing from him and just an outstanding performance on offense from you know the entire team uh Chris Boucher I thought had a really nice defensive game he ended up with quite a few blocks um, Malachi Flynn had it going. Yuta Watanabe shot six for seven from the field, and he had that one buzzer beater three to end a quarter to just kind of rub salt in the wound. Um, you know, again, like there were some defensive mistakes made in this game, but it was just kind of a holy crap offensive night for the other team. Like, even, on, you know, against bad defenses, you don't just score 87 points and a half. 
Uh, but I guess we can just kind of start with this game against the Raptors. Uh, Amadou, what kind of stood, was there anything that stood out to you in this game, um, either player wise or just <laughs> any any sort of reason as to why the, the Raptors um, went off, especially in that first half the way they did? Um, I don't know, man. It's just like the Raptors were really hot that night. I do want to say though that I feel like you know the Raptors having Chris Boucher versus the Cavaliers having you know Kevin Love and Dean Wade did play a factor. I feel like like you said, Chris Boucher had a great game for them. Um, but besides that, I I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like the Cavs maybe, you know, a, a little win streak. They got full of themselves against the Raptors team that, you know, was missing some players. They thought that it'd be, you know, maybe an easier game for them to win. And obviously that just, just, just was not the case. Yeah, the Raptors without Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet in this game. Uh, Dan, do you have any answers here as far as what went wrong defensively against the Raptors? Not really. Uh, it, it was – there was some – it seemed like there were some bad – Cavs kind of tough misses um, almost on kind of some interior stuff that – I understand that they're not going to hit all those, but some of them were just kind of like following the bouncing ball. There would be like a long rebound if there were – there were a couple missed corner threes led to runouts, and then the Raptors ended up getting a, t- a ton of those early on, it seemed. Um I think Justin Rowan tweeted like that. It seemed like whenever the Cavs would miss, there would be a four-on-one fast break going the other way for Toronto, and it did seem that way. I, I it's it's hard to see it. I mean, exactly how it played out, but it was just a lot of stuff like that. And, and Watson Abe hit that. It, it what is that? Two straight games when they conceded a shot at the buzzer before the half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. When you saw that even go in, it's just, you're just thinking, okay, well, we'll just chalk this one up. But yeah, there were some really uh, just tough shot making stuff from Gary Trent Jr. and um, was able to get into his spots. They were it seemed it seemed like they were actually getting into him a little bit, but he was just making some unbelievable shots. And he is a shot maker, don't get me wrong, but um, some of it was just. Yeah, the Cavs had some bad turnovers at times that were turned into live ball stuff. And Chris Boucher is a, is a spacer presence. I think that's safe to say at this point. But some of those shots were just – they were just like line drive shots that were just – they just had like zero rotation, it seemed, and just those went in. And Watanabe, as you said, what did he go, six or seven from three? And you just – when you factor in that stuff, it's – I don't really deem or take too much from it in that way. It's just sometimes that happens, stuff like that. And we did see the Raptors cool off completely in that third quarter. I don't know exactly how many points they scored, but I think it was like thirteen. Yeah, to go from you know the first half to that third quarter, the Cavaliers were able to kind of get back in the game. Uh, but the same thing with DeAndre Bembry. He had you know I won't say a career night. It was thirteen points, but he really had it going in that first half. Um, well, he was across getting, the board. He was getting layups too. So that too, yeah. Um, there were a lot of of layups given up in this one. I want to talk about Isaiah Hartenstein as far as just an individual player here, though. Um, against the Raptors, went four for six from the field. Ended up with twelve, I believe, eight and six. Yeah, six assists. Also had three steals and four blocks. Uh, really, really complete night for him. He came off the bench in this game. The Cavaliers started. 
Garland Sexton, uh, Okoro, Wade, and Love. Against the Pelicans tonight, he was in the starting five. Uh, ended up fouling out, but did end up with 10 points, six rebounds, and assist. Um, Cavaliers started. Delvadova, Isaac Okoro, uh, Dean Wade at the small forward, Kevin Love and Isaiah. Uh, we'll get into the kind of weird lineup stuff a little bit later. But I want to start with Isaiah Hartenstein, who obviously struggled a little bit against this Pelicans lineup that is just so big and so physical, um, especially for someone that with foul trouble and foul problems. Um, going up against Steven Adams and James Johnson and Zion Williamson, just guys who you know are going to be getting in the paint and attacking the paint regularly. Uh, not a huge surprise that the Cavaliers' bigs were in some foul trouble tonight. But uh, looking at the matchup against the Raptors, I think that was a fantastic one for him. Uh, going up against Chris Boucher, uh, again, someone who is, is long and can block shots. But being as thin as he is, I think Isaiah Hartenstein was able to kind of, you know, flash another element of his game that we really hadn't seen up to that point. Obviously, you know, we continue to see that the offense can be run through him. Uh, but we even got to see a little bit off the bounce from Isaiah in this game. Uh, he had a couple of drives against, you know, Boucher. He was able to kind of go through him and get to the rim and finish him that way. Um, I mean, what did you like seeing from, uh, Isaiah in these two games? Uh, would you agree with me that kind of just the matchup was the reason that he struggled, you know, yeah. against New Orleans compared to Toronto? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, Zion is a tank and they also have Steven Adams and, um, Jackson Hayes too has been playing well over the last couple of weeks. So it's, it's obvious as to why he fell out tonight, but against the Raptors, I think he played a well-rounded game. Um, like we talk about all the time, he just always seems to make the right play. Um, just looking for the open guy. He had a, a couple of great dishes in this Raptors game in particular. Um, obviously, we see here he did finish off the game with six assists. So just played a, a great game all around. And that's, that's I mean, it's more than you can ask for from a, a guy who's viewed as a, a a backup center. And like myself, we even said that wouldn't even know he'd be on the roster. So he definitely is continuing to make me eat up my words. Dan, moving forward, do you think that kind of off-the-bounce, you know, flashes that we saw from Isaiah Hartenstein. Do you think that's something that he can kind of begin to show regularly? Yeah, I think so. I just think with him, um, he, he does have that passing ability, and I think the more he um, even just flashes that, I think his ability to find cutters uh, and with that vision, just showing that he's willing to make those plays, um, I, I think that'll kind of put – opposing fives, particularly ones that are um, kind of of like size, kind of in a bit of they might try to deter those passes. So he when he's able to do that, I think when he's able to get parallel the guys and and kind of um, get them leaning a little bit um, when he can get that uh, angle, at least just a a bit of a a gap. I think that's when he's able to um, kind of use his savvy um, and then get into where he can use ball fakes from about that six to seven foot range and it's got a higher high nice high release um on that kind of dead ball little um kind of push shot and i think that's just something um his ability to hit those i think over time will allow him to um get more layups things uh, of that nature with that another encouraging sign from isaiah hartenstein uh throughout these two games uh, when it combined six for six from the free throw line, which is, you know, an area where he has struggled since he has joined this team. I think that's that's an area that he struggled throughout his career. I mean, he's never been a great free throw shooter, but seeing that has also been, you know, just a positive. Uh, we, we continue to talk about, you know, what Isaiah Hartenstein's future is with this team. Uh, obviously, you know, we'll bring up again the 
1.8 essentially million dollar player option that he has for next season. If he continues to play like this, even looking at tonight and, you know, getting in some foul trouble, but continuing, you know, with the game against the Raptors, which was really just outstanding for him, uh, it seems like at this point it's almost a lock that he's going to turn that down. Uh, and obviously this far ahead, it can be a little bit difficult to project, you know, how much guys are going to get in free agency. Uh, but what type of market, I'll start with you on this one, Amadou, do you think that Isaiah could have this summer? Do you see him as, I mean, I, I, I think at this point he's proven that if he can continue playing like this, uh, he is, you know, above a minimum guy. Uh, I'm not sure that he's going to be getting some sort of massive payday, but he seems like a guy who could get paid. Where do you think his price range would be on an extension for this team in the offseason? I mean, if he's playing like this, I don't know. I definitely could see him maybe in that four to six range. Just because, I mean, it is a relatively small sample size so far. And that's, you know, banking on the fact that he does continue up this high play. So I think four to six is a, a, a good number. I was going to say four to five. So I'm, I'm right in there with you. Would you kind of agree with that same kind of area there, Dan? Yeah, I, I'm with you guys as well. Um, I, I look at him as, yeah, I, I think like looking onward, I think he... Well, I'm not comparing it to him right now. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that he could be more of an like a more impactful player, um, kind of a different player in a way. But it's like a backup five. Like I, I um, think it, compare him to kind of like Jakob Pertle in some ways um, as a guy you can um, can go to on the inside is, is a capable roller, um, is a solid finisher, um, and but defensively, I mean, Pirtle, I think, positionally is a little bit better, um, more mobile, um, but not really a rim protector, um, but also doesn't have the fouling issues. I think that's um, – but I, I think if somehow he, he were to keep that, um, like that three to for 26 million range, if he were to opt in for some reason after the season and come back just to kind of prove himself again, um, I, I think that's something that could be in the cards maybe down the road. Yeah, if you were to have another complete season at this level, that's something that we definitely could see. And like we said, you know, we'll we'll see if he can sustain this level of play and if he, what happens with that player option. But if he keeps playing like this, it seems like, at least in my eyes, a a safe bet that he turns that down. um, Yeah, like four four to six does definitely seem reasonable, though. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Poro. Um, again, had, had kind of a quiet night against the Raptors. Again, struggled defensively night, a night. I just think everyone was kind of thrown off. Um, came in tonight and had one of the best games of the season for him, if not the best game. Uh, finished with 19 points, three rebounds, three assists, um, and a steal in this one. You know, shot efficiently, six for ten from the field, two for four from three. He made all five of his free throws, which was beautiful to see. Uh, I think you know tonight just continues to be a perfect example of what, you know, Okoro is capable of doing and, you know, what we kind of have seen in Okoro this whole time to where if he can just be an efficient, low-volume, you know, offensive player, and obviously the offensive game is still a little bit unpolished and there's there's things that you can look at um, that, that, that clearly need improving. Um, but looking at this game against the Pelicans in particular, um, I, I like I said, I, th- I think... It's a perfect example of just how impactful he is on a game, even if the offense isn't, you know, an overwhelming plus. Uh, what did you see in him tonight, Dan, that really, really stood out? 
Yeah, I just think with him, uh, when he's, I guess it's just all about quick decision making, and uh, when he's able to kind of um, get a couple baskets, kind of in secondary transition, or um, just maybe off like a a scramble where he can kind of tips it out and then gets the ball back, like in a ball swing uh, situation or swing swing. Um, just kind of when he's able to get just a couple quick uh, ones, whether it's at some point in games, um, kind of in the middle stretches, just for confidence. Um, that seems when he starts to kind of get himself going a little bit more. Um, I just like when he's able to kind of let the game come to him. And we've seen that he can kind of go on these little like mini runs um, by himself here and there. It seems like the the baskets definitely come in bunches when that's the case. Um, but I, I just like when he's able to kind of uh, get that ball in the wing and maybe take a few um, dribbles and uh, kind of like come off a, a screen going to the paint and maybe get a couple ball fakes. And then he can get an animal opportunity. Um, it just seems like the uh, he's starting to play at his own pace a little bit more to me. I think that's a good point. And you know, we still see some some moments where the you know the, the handle is a little bit loose, and he had one sequence where he lost it and just kind of scrambled for the whole possession, and that is ugly. And we're still going to get those moments, obviously. Um, Andrew, just looking at his offensive performance overall, though tonight, uh, would you kind of just agree with what Dan has said as far as just kind of you know playing at his own pace and getting on his own kind of run sometime? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, on just playing his own pace, it does seem like the game is you know slowing down for him where he's cold, calm, and collected. Like you said, I really love, you know, when he's a low-volume guy, but also adding, you know, more offensive pizzazz to him. Like, we see him, you know, multiple times with those step backs, you know, crossover. He had a nice end one tonight as well. So, yeah, um, these offensive progressions are definitely great to see, and they'll just continue to get better, you know, towards the end of the season into next season. I want to talk about another guy who had a career night tonight, uh, Dean Wade, who is just looking like a complete, absolute shot maker. Uh, 21 points tonight on 8 of 12 shooting, 5 for 8 from 3. Uh, also came down with 6 rebounds, 3 three steals, and a couple assists. Um, also, I thought I had a fine outing against the Raptors. Uh, finished with 14 points then on 4 for 8 from 3. Uh, came down with 6 rebounds, then also got a steal in that game. Um, but obviously, you don't want injuries, but I think these injuries have kind of showcased just the versatility that you have with Dean Wade um, sliding up and down the lineup. We've basically seen him play three through five at this point. Obviously, he played, you know, he started at small forward and played, you know, a large portion of his minutes at that kind of wing spot tonight. Um, how do you, I guess, I don't know exactly how I want to frame this question, but um, what have you thought of just Dean Wade's ability to adapt? And I'll start with you, Amadou, on this one. Um, just, you know, obviously, you know, we've, we've been thin at center at a time here past the trade deadline. Um, now we're kind of thin on the wing. I would even say thin on the wing. But in an, in an area where, you know, Dean Wade gets an opportunity to start at the small forward, and he has a career night tonight. Uh, obviously, you know, just shooting the ball well. But what have you just thought of Dean Wade's ability to adapt to any situation that's been thrown at him? Yeah, he's he's been great for us. You know, it seems, you know, no matter what the situation is, he always seems ready. Um, tonight was probably, you know, a great night for him to play, you know, that small forward position because, of course, they do have Ingram and, and Williamson. But 
they were missing like their main guys like Alonzo Ball wasn't able to play today. Um, they started uh a, some some person at small forward. Najee. Excuse me, I don't know Najee, yeah, Marshall. So I felt like you know it was, it was a great night for him to play that small forward position because Okoro could have still guarded uh Ingram and then whoever you throw at Zion can you know do that task. But like you said, his ability to just make shots always. He's he's extremely reliable. Had a career night tonight. Just couldn't seem to miss. Unfortunately, you know he didn't miss that one at the end. But either way, had a great game for us. Dan, what have you thought of, of Dean's play as of late and kind of along the same sense, just his, his adaptability and his versatility um, that we've seen him, you know, kind of being able to switch through through five positionally. Um, do you think that, I mean, I guess, you know, we'll see. I think tonight it was just out of pure necessity, but would you feel a little bit more comfortable after kind of seeing this recent stretch of, you know, him playing, you know, multiple positions of, you know, looking, you know, into the long term, you know, here, just down the future, do you think we could see him kind of branch out and play a little bit of small forward at times in the way that we've seen, you know, Larry Nance do that and talk about Larry Nance being capable of doing that? Uh, do you think that Dean Wade could kind of do the same thing for this team? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I just think with his, um, as Amity alluded to, like his shooting abilities, um, and we've seen some of that off movement and, um, even tonight, I mean, you, you see sprinkles of it, um, but had a, a nice ball fake initially. And, and I think even kind of got into like a sidestep. Um, he's either a sidestep or a pull-up uh, mid-ranger. Um, that that sort of thing, he, he kind of has a little bit of feel for here and there too. Um, moves without the ball really well. Um, knows how to uh, knows how to move. Um, is, is selective in doing so though and just helps – um, space the floor, uh, just, I guess just has that feel. Um, and defensively is, is, I mean, tonight was a tough matchup, but generally is pretty capable on the, on the glass too. Um, so I think that helps. And even though he's not as athletic as Nance clearly, um, does use his length pretty well, uses his wingspan to kind of, um, bother and or deter kind of cutting feeds, stuff like that. Um, and I think a big thing for him in that way is um, it, Nance brings a little bit of it. I mean, it's more of a playmaking element when he's in it at the three, um, playmaking, kind of driving and um, stuff like that. But with Wade, I think with his, it just allows you to have more of a, a, a different roller in the sense that he's a real pick and pop guy. Um, I think that's kind of an interesting dynamic um, when he's out there. And I just think when he, with him being 6'10", um, he in his his wingspan also is key for as a shooter um, to really it's just really difficult to contest his shots when he's out there. Um, and I, I just think he brings kind of a unique, um, especially pick and pop um, kind of element to the Cavs when he's in there. And um, I, I think with his, I, I guess, just off ball feel um, being a guy that is more of a seamless fit. I think, yeah, it's definitely something we could see from him. Obviously, you know, part of this weird lineup experimentation was just out of necessity, especially tonight. Uh, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, both out. Obviously, um, I guess we should mention at the end of the Toronto Raptors game, Darius Garland did injure that ankle. Uh, We'll see if that was something that was going to be. It doesn't seem like that's going to be a long-term problem. Uh, I think he was listed as a game-time decision earlier today. Uh, Ended up not playing tonight. He'll get a little bit of a break here before the Cavs go up again. I think on Wednesday is their next game. Uh, so they'll, they'll get a little bit of time off. 
Uh, Colin Sexton also didn't go tonight. Obviously, Jared Allen's still out with a uh, concussion. Uh, Larry Nance still recovering from the illness that he had suffered. Uh, Dylan Windler out. And Damian Dotson, I'm not sure why he was out either. Um, I guess I didn't check. Maybe I should have. Um, but Colin Sexton and Damian Dotson were two scratches that I did not expect to see tonight. Uh, and Damian in particular, um, you know, definitely we probably could have seen him play some real minutes on a night like that if he were active. Um, yeah. But did, did either of you guys see what was wrong with either Dotson or Sexton? I, I didn't. Yeah, I'm not really too sure why Sexton didn't play today. Um, um, I guess it was a, a left groin strain, apparently. Groin. I don't know okay. when that was. I don't yeah, know, I don't know when that occurred. Um, Marlon Ridenauer tweeted that, I think. Um, but, and I, Dotson, let's see. Fewer just said he was out. Like, I don't think he said anything about it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not yeah. too sure. It's no. weird. Especially for a guy who, I mean, you know, there's always a chance that he, you know, did something in a, a practice or shoot around. Yeah. Uh, but odd that he just, you know, didn't play. But um, anyway, and I think, you yeah, know, especially. Not... It, it, Sorry, on go a night ahead. where I was going to say on a night where um, Fedor had also just said that, you know, J.B. Bickerstaff said that, he played Delvadova and Kevin Love more than you know he had planned to tonight, more than he was supposed to. Um, on a night where you know you aren't supposed to play Delvadova that many minutes, the EP played thirty four tonight, thirty four and a half basically. Uh, Dotson would have been nice to have him come in there and, and take off a little bit of that load. Um, so interesting. I'm, I'm not sure what happens there. Uh, we'll see how that guess, is going forward. I guess with Dotson, yeah, Rittenauer said it was a, a, it was left knee soreness, apparently. Left knee soreness. Interesting. And okay. I guess well, Sexton was dealing with the injury before Saturday's game, apparently. I don't know. Okay, well, I guess we have an answer then. But um, let's talk a little bit about Jetty, who, again, due to you know some of these injuries, um, we, we've seen it earlier in the year as well, where uh, the, you know, the Cavaliers were running with only Damian Dotson in their guard rotation. Um, Jetty had to kind of take on a little bit more of that primary ball handler tonight uh, and thrived in that role. Uh, again, against the Raptors, really didn't get much run. We had seen him fall completely out of the rotation. Uh, played seven minutes against the Raptors. Tonight came in, played 28 and a half minutes. Uh, had a good game, uh, 15 points on efficient shooting, seven for 11 from the field. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of drives, a lot of cuts. Uh, that, you know, he finished around the rim well, which is always kind of a gamble whether, you know, he will do that on a given night. Uh, but we, I think, and he didn't hit a three tonight. He did go over two from outside. But overall, you know, a solid game. Uh, came away with seven assists. I guess the question is, and we, we've seen him kind of have his role shifted quite a bit throughout the season, but is this possibly the answer to, to figuring out Jetty Amadou? Uh, and I don't think I love it normally, but is are, are these lineups where he does have the ball in his hands a lot and can kind of facilitate and run the offense a bit? Is that the is that the way to get to get the best out of him? I don't know if we have a clear answer on that yet, but you know I, I think we've seen him in these roles play well, and especially after a stretch where he was just hor- you know so bad that he's out of the rotation. Um, I, I thought he was kind of essential to this a team's to the game tonight for this team. Yeah, I feel like this role right here is like the role that he's been in for like majority of the season. Now, obviously not as like a primary ball handler, but, you know, it's like a, 
I don't know, his 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 leash has been longer, so to say, at the start of the season or whatever. But either way, I mean, this role, I don't know. Like you said, we've seen him in this role earlier. I mean, it's it's worked sometimes. It hasn't worked sometimes. I feel like this is a role that comes and goes for him. So we just have to see if, I don't know, if he can do this again. But as of right now, I mean, look, he's played himself back into, I feel like, you know, rotational minutes somewhat. Uh, Torian Prince is still playing, you know, kind of well, so that obviously plays a part into it. But overall, yeah, solid game from him. You know, you definitely like to see a bounce back game like this for a guy who, you know, like you said, is kind of already out of the rotation. Yeah, it is refreshing just to see him have a nice game. Uh, I'm glad that he did. Uh, and obviously, I think, you know, when this team is healthy, he is not going to get a role like this where, you know, when 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 Colin and Darius are in the lineup and when Delhi is continuing to play, you know, he's not going to get an opportunity like this very often. But kind of just bouncing the same question to you, Dan, do you think that this kind of role where he is kind of the primary ball handler, uh, point forward type, is kind of the best role for him? Yeah, I think with him, there's there's always going to be inconsistencies. Um, and he's not the only guy that way. I, I'm not going to single him out. But uh, I just think with the it, – it, it kind of hedges against relying on him as a shooter more because, again, we've harped on this over and over and over. There's just been so many um, – it's just been – frankly, it's just been disappointing from him in that way. Um, I think it kind of he's not a guy that I, I'd rather him be aggressive um, in terms of like and I, like he's got to have the ball in his hands some um, to have an impact on the game. And that's not the case for other guys as much. Um, I, I think with him, he's not a guy that uh, can just stand out in the on the wing or in the corner and just get it and shoot um, like like say like a Dean Wade per se, um, because. Yeah, Jenny's got to be a guy that he's got to be in the action. Um, you got to let him. You got to take some. Have him be allowed to take some lumps. Um, I, I'd rather him be that point forward um, type guy um, that you hit on there. Um, and there's going to be some turnovers at times. It's going to happen, but I'd rather just allow him to kind of. I think it just gives us more energy and um, it at least puts allows him to at least kind of. Um, put pressure on defenses more and at least cause rotations more. Well, do you think it's possible to do that, Dan, when you have both Darius and Colin in the lineup? Yeah, that's the, the huge question is when they are. Um, it, it's a it's tough to say, obviously. I just think with um, with him, it's, it, it's just kind of going to be spotty. Um, but I think it – you do – I would like to see it some just because I don't want to see Delhi out there um, – nearly as much and at least with him he can kind of help Delhi a little bit in that way um just because he also can uh kind of at least I mean not always get assists but at least get hockey assists um to a guy like Delhi because they do have good chemistry kind of you know pivoting over to Delhi uh a guy that uh bigger staff has clearly you know shown that he trusts to have on the floor pretty much all the time at this point um, it, like we said, you know, had him on the floor more than he was supposed to tonight. Uh, struggled a little bit against the Raptors. Did, you know, kind of get it going a little bit offensively. He had a couple finishes around the rim. You know, those floaters. Uh, did end up getting his first two turnovers of the season in that game against the Raptors. So the infinite assist to turnover ratio no longer a thing. Uh, tonight comes in with 
Again, two more turnovers, but seven points, ten assists. Uh, got a couple rebounds as well. Got a couple, or got just one steal, I believe. Overall, you know, we saw once Hartenstein fouled out, you know, Del Vadova was subbed back in. Um, it clearly just a guy that, like I said, Bickerstaff trusts. Um, but at the same time, you had kind of mentioned, you know, wanting to see Del Vadova's role reduced a little bit. And again, I think, you know, once we get Colin and Darius back in the lineup, um, it will be reduced. I, I think the kind of 14 to 16 minute role that we've seen him in is uh, what we will kind of see him go back to when the guard rotation is kind of set again. Um, right. Do you think that that's kind of an appropriate role for him? And I'll go to you on this one, Amadou. Um, obviously, on a night like tonight, you kind of have to lean on him a little bit more heavy. But do, do you think it was the right decision to play him over a guy like Jetty? Uh, well, I guess they both played on the floor. But to, to have, you know, a, a guy like Del Vadova over, you know, alternative options, you know, being another maybe another shot creator, maybe another big. Um, you could have put Calvin Galey back out there. You could have put – I don't think Stevens was in the game at that point. Uh, do you think it was the right decision to go with Jetty, uh, even in a situation where he was playing more minutes than he was supposed to at that point? Um, you're saying go with uh, Del Vadova over Jetty, right? I th- I think Jetty was on the floor as well, wasn't he? At the end of that game, I believe um, he was. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. The game. But okay, I think, I guess, yeah. just in um, general, um, like – playing him more minutes than he was supposed to when you do have other alternatives and maybe, you know, the ability to get some more shot creation in there because, you know, in that closing lineup, the offense kind of ground to a halt. Obviously, we saw Kevin Love do some stuff, but we were kind of relying on some some jetty bombs. Uh, we saw Matthew Delvadova chuck up a desperation three that hit the side of the backboard in a key moment. Uh, shot one for six tonight from three, three for 11 from the field. Um. It's it's tough to say. Obviously, you know the offense did go to a, a halt. Maybe you would have liked more shot creation there. But like you said, you know, Delhi's a guy that obviously JB Brickstaff trusts. And in a situation where I guess, you know, I don't know if you if you maybe want to throw some young players out there or some younger guys than Delhi. Um and in a clutch situation, at least for right now, and they, you know, get to fool themselves, get nervous, such things like that, Delhi actually has the ability to, you know, maybe slow the game down, you know, allow the, the offense to formulate and find the open man uh, as a veteran point guard. So maybe that's that could be a reason why um, Coach had one with him in that situation. But um, like you said, either way, 34 minutes, I, you know, barring injuries, I don't think we'll, we'll see him play 34 minutes again this season. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's definitely a fair take. Um we got some real Lamar Stevens minutes tonight. I want to talk about him as well. Uh, played 16, almost 17 minutes. Uh, ended up with four points on two or three shooting. Again, just finishing strong around the rim. Uh, I believe he had an and one, too. He didn't make the free throw. But uh, came away with a rebound, too. Uh, block as well. Again, not, not a huge role for him, but it was nice to see him kind of crack back into that rotation. Uh, and we've talked about in the past, I think the last time that they played the Pelicans, Dan, that, you know, Looking at guys who can guard Zion, and obviously there, nobody can really guard Zion. The guy can move anybody in the league, and we've seen that. But we kind of talked about how, you know, out of everybody on this lineup, on this roster, um, Lamar Stevens probably has the best shot, and he's probably the best, you know, matchup against him, just being, you know, the build that Lamar has and the mobility that he has as well. Um, were you happy to see him get some extended runs tonight? 
Yeah, I, th- I thought it was good to see. Um, just just with him being kind of stout um, and just put together kind of um, in more of the lower half um, in particular, I just think that's kind of what it takes with Zion um, to handle him. I think he's he's kind of has like a little bit of like a Marcus Smart type build, um, which and does kind of um, there. Zion's going to move guys, as you said, um, still got some buckets on him. Um, but I thought he played him to his help. I mean, there were a couple times where um, it, it kind of played into them being able to wall up more. Um, but he also has active hands, um, kind of does a nice job of deterring passes. Um, it kind of bothers kickouts a little bit. Um, I, I thought he kind of made Zion rush a few passes um, at, at a couple points. And um, like one of them led to like a, a, a turnover kind of off Ingram's hands, I think. Um, and then a Coro kind of bothered him. So he, he didn't go up for it or whatever. It, I would assume didn't want to give up the fast break. So, um, yeah, I just think with his, uh, kind of just feel for shutting off the faucet, if you will, um, and driving for a variety of guys. Um, I, I thought that was a guy that if he's in there and he gets some fouls, it's going to happen. You take it. Um, but he's, he definitely is pretty stout. And I just think with his, um, feel for having uh, kind of active hands as well. I, I thought it was solid for that. I want to circle back to uh, to Dean Wade real quick, Dan. Uh, you tweeted during the game, no joke, Dean is going to get a solid payday at some point. Obviously, he is under team control for a while. Uh, he has He's under contract for this season uh, as well as the next two seasons at basically minimum money. Um, when you talk about you know the, the potential payday for him in the future, though, uh, I just I, I just kind of thought of this, but what do you think a contract? And we kind of talked about it with Hartenstein. What kind of you know, what kind of contract range do you think you could kind of see Dean Wade getting in the future? And obviously, it'll be a couple of years down the line, but say it was you know within the next couple of off seasons, and in you know it's based off of you know the kind of trajectory that we see him on now. What do you think Dean Wade's market could be in a couple of years? <sighs> That's a good question. Um... I, I don't know. I just did kind of think, like, imagine if the Cavs had um, kind of just looking at Jelly, Jetty's deal back when that was signed, um, just kind of thinking of, like, wow, what, what if that was Dean Wade? Um, but I, I don't know. I kind of look at – I don't – I'm not saying he's nearly the player right now, um, but I look at Maxi Kleba, um, four years for 35 mil. Um, I think that's – that doesn't seem completely – out of question for Dean, um, perhaps maybe say after, uh, maybe like after, like before, um, like 2022, 2023, um, that would seem maybe that could be in the cards to some extent. Um, just given that each year is, I, I think, non-guaranteed from here for him. Um, I, I could I could see maybe that at some point for him. I wouldn't be shocked. I think that kind of that is the correct range. Uh, kind of the Maxi Kleber, um, even the Jetty Osmond deal. The, you know, Jetty making around seven eight million. You know, each year. I think he's he's making eight point eight this year, eight and then yeah. seven and a half, and just under seven in his final year. But I think that is you know a pretty accurate assumption of you know the type of 
value that he'll bring, you know, in the future. Would you kind of agree with that kind of same value range, Amadou? Yeah, the player I was thinking of is uh, Yuminja Bliensha. I think I just butchered that name. Yeah, I think I just butchered that name. Wow. Yeah, but that that's definitely a deal. I think he's like three year, twenty one mil. So just about seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I think Bielinja had that uh, non guarantee after the second year or something like that. So either way, I mean, both contracts work for a player of Dean Wade's caliber. But yeah, I think that's definitely kind of the the player too that we could see him kind of molding into. Obviously, you know, there are a couple other guys that we haven't talked about. Um, Darius and Colin, uh, in particular, Kevin, we haven't talked about in depth in this game or in these couple games. But I want to talk about the newest Cavalier. Uh, I think I don't think he signed the last time we were recorded. Maybe he had, maybe he hadn't. I don't know. But Fiandu Cavangale. We're finally getting to the Fiandu Cavangale discussion. Uh, got in against the Raptors late in the game. Uh, only played three and a half minutes. Came in, hit a three. Uh, got a steal. Grabbed a rebound. Tonight, not a fantastic showing. Again, played about 16 and a half minutes in this one. Obviously, with the thin, you know, with the thin lineup, you had to lean on a little bit more. Got in some foul trouble. Ended up with 2.4 rebounds. Uh, missed a couple of threes, but did hit one shot inside the arc. Um I don't know. I, I have not been terribly – and, I, again, I, I, we on this podcast were, you know, pro-sign Fiandu Cabangale. Uh, it made sense just at a depth piece um, as, you know, another big – and in a time period where, you know, this team could use another big, including he's playing, we, we need another big with, with Jared Allen out, with Larry Nance out. Um, and it is a 10-day deal, so, they're, you know, they're not committing anything, you know, long-term here. It is just that 10-day look. But – um. Overall, not in terribly impressive start for him. Uh, and I think you know you can see kind of some of the same problems that he had in L.A. and the reasons that he couldn't really get on the floor at any point for the Clippers. Um, not a very fluid athlete at all. I think, you know, some of the potential with him comes on the defensive end. Uh, just doesn't seem to move his feet well. Uh, and overall, just, you know, like I said, this isn't the most athletic guy. Uh, I think the kind of hope is that he could, you know, be a, a 4-5 hybrid who can guard both positions, maybe switch on to the perimeter. Uh, I think as of now, he's kind of a ways away from that. But what are your first impressions of Fiondu in this kind of extended run that we got to see him tonight, Amadou? Yeah. Um, just like you said, he's not really as fluid as you might have thought he would be coming out of Florida State. Um, that hybrid 4-5 is what I definitely like uh, for him. But, you know, he just has to get that three-point shot down. He shot two tonight, um, didn't make either. I thought, you know, he'd be a good candidate to guard against, you know, Zion just because, you know, he is 6'9", 250. Um, but with Harnstein being fouled out, uh, he did get some more playing time. But he also had four fouls uh, as well. Uh, then again, you know, Zion is a foul magnet. He's a tank. And, you know, his ability to, you know, contort his body in the air and such like that is going to obviously draw calls from the rest. But, I mean, so far in the limited action, like you said, it hasn't been too, too impressive. But... Um, I'm not sure the status of Larry Nance and Jared Allen, but these upcoming games, maybe we could see him some more. I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, but you know, I can't really, it's just not too, too much to really, you know, dissect on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you know, it's just, it's a very small sample size at this point. He will have a couple more opportunities here to, to show what he does. Um, maybe, maybe the shot is, is more than he's proven. You know, maybe he kind of gets going from out there you know, moving forward here. But 
like I said, I, I just I am not. And again, I, like we said, we were pro sign Fiondo Cabangale on this, you know, before it was even really reported that the Cavaliers even had interest, let alone signed him. Uh, and I think it was a worthy gamble, and you know, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. You know, I'm, I'm not ruling out the fact, you know, that he could end up having some promise here. But what are your early impressions of him, Dan? Yeah, I just think with him, it's um, it, he is a bit of a tweener, um, but more of an interior defender, admittedly. Um, but is uh, like he he's going to foul too. It's this, the same kind of thing with Hartenstein, but uh, with young players that have had minimal experience or really, I guess, lack thereof. Um, it's, that's to be expected. Um, and at least with him, I I thought he actually had some kind of crucial rebounds, uh, in this past game uh, against new Orleans. And it is, it's hard to defensive rebound against that team. Like they're, they're just so solid and thick inside. And, and that's including a guy like James Johnson in that realm too. Um, but I I thought at times, I mean, like, it's just hard for, Guys that are like on these ten day deals that haven't had chemistry with other guys. Um, from a rotational perspective, defensively, you're going to be compromised at times, and fouls are going to happen. That's kind of to be expected. Um, but I, I just, I think with him, it's I'd like to see him be able to get a, a couple more shots, um, kind of in rhythm, sort of thing. And, and I, I would like to see him be able to use be used. Um, as more of a rolling presence, lob presence, whatever you want to call it. And uh, at least with some, uh, I think he could actually be a little bit more unlocked if uh, in some pick and roll with like a guy like Sexton or Garland who can kind of make those um, passes over the top. I think that'd be something to look look at uh, in the next few games, perhaps. Yeah, and I guess part of my concerns with him too is you know we, we kind of mention him as kind of a tweener. Uh, I think it's a concern. He looks to me like a guy who almost has to play center, and obviously he does struggle a little bit around the rim as well. But I do not see him as a guy who can really guard on the perimeter as well. Does not move his feet well. Does not you know turn his hips well at all. Um, just it, it seems like he, he, that is not an area where I feel comfortable with him doing at all. Especially, you know, if you're having to guard. Or what were we saying? I was just going to say offensively is more like like he can actually do some straight line drives he a little do, bit here and there. Yeah. And like, he, he's actually really good. Like when it's almost kind of JaVale McGee, like he actually is very good um, running rim to rim. That's that's actually kind mm-hmm. of where, yes. he, where it's shown. But yes, yeah, so laterally, he's that's not a, not a strong suit at all. Not a strength of his. Uh, but yeah, I think. That is where he can provide value for this team is kind of as a trailer, you know, spacer. Maybe even we'll, we'll see a little bit of pick and pop from him. Uh, that might be something that, you know, could could just continue to be a way for him to, to show a little bit of his own value there. Um, but interesting to see um, where we go from here. Uh, I know we had kind of talked a little bit about, you know, other free agent options in the last episode. Cough, cough, Greg Monroe. Uh, I do not think Greg Monroe is going to happen. But we kind of looked through that free agent list last time, guys. Looking at guys like Scalabissier or, uh, what is it, Noah Vonley. Um, in the event that Fiondu Cavangeli doesn't work out for this team, they say they don't sign him to a second 10-day or that they sign him to a second 10-day but don't you know, sign him for the rest of the season, whatever it may be, is there anyone else out there that you would – be interested in this team bringing in. And obviously they have another roster spot now, right? Too. 
Um, they, they do only have 14 under contract with Fiandu Kapengele. Um, do you think that there's kind of a direction this team could should go with that? Is it just kind of take a, a swing on whoever they think is the best talent? Uh, do you think they should add another guy at a certain position? Uh, I'll, I'll start with you on this one, Amadou. Um, I don't even know. I mean, personally, if they're looking to add more offense, I don't, you know, I'd probably look at a guy maybe like Jabari Parker. Um, maybe he has something left that he could provide. Obviously, he had those two ACL injuries early in his career, but um, he's only, what, 27, I believe? 26 at that. Um, I think he deserves a second shot in this league. So I, I wouldn't be too upset with them bringing in a guy like Jabari Parker. But besides that, um, even in the front court, honestly, I just like them to keep what they have now. Maybe they can add another young guard if there is one out there. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I'm not too sure, but... Yeah, Jabari Parker is a guy that I'd I'd be okay with the Cavs bringing him in. Interesting with Jabari. Uh, I I think would not solve any of the Cavs' defensive issues. Yeah, just just Uh, offensively with their inconsistencies and such. I think that's a signing that kind of makes sense. It it is kind of weird to me that that um, that Jabari hasn't gotten really any opportunity this year. Uh, kind of was out of the rotation with the Kings and you know hasn't been picked up by anybody else. Uh, and obviously not a guy who can provide any real defensive value at this point. We know that, uh, but I, he definitely you know does still provide some impact as a scorer. Um, you know, especially you know someone who again I think you know assuming that he's healthy he can can run the floor a little bit. Um, you know can give him the ball in the post and he can kind of make something work, especially if he does have a favorable matchup, maybe, you know, a smaller, a smaller forward on him or, you know, a guard on him. I think he can take advantage of those mismatches really well in the paint. Uh, same thing in kind of the, the mid post area. Again, a guy who isn't, you know, terrific in, you know, pick and roll, but I think he's another option there. Um, what would you think of someone like Jabari for this team, Dan? And obviously I think once Larry is back in the fold and Dean, you know, continues to kind of, solidify his spot in the rotation maybe that's not a guy who is a you know consistent rotation piece but would you be interested in the Cavs kind of bringing in another like proven vet like that in this last roster spot that they have yeah I'll pass on Jabari I just it's just just so mobile um really on both ends of the floor just not the same um at least used to have a little bit of burst doesn't have it anymore um to me I'd rather go this is kind of maybe like a little bit off the beaten path. I'm actually, I was kind of a fan of Lewis King um, coming out. Uh, I, I think that's a guy that, I mean, I think he's 21, 22, something in that realm. Um, kind of a, a like 6'8 wing. Um, really showed a lot of shooting um, in the G League bubble. And it hasn't, didn't really get a fair shake um, thus far. I think that's kind of a guy I'd be interested in. Um, bring in is and, and can create a little bit on ball has some shake to his game um, that'd be a guy I'd be looking at that is an interesting one for sure and I guess if I have to come up with another name uh, assuming that we were to move away from Fiandu Cavangeli which again if he, if he proves that he can stick and uh, that he deserves you know his his spot here um, we'll see I, I'm not gonna you know rule that out but uh, I do think if the Cavaliers were looking for more of a proven veteran, I think Noah Vonley would be an interesting idea. I, I, again, that's another person who I think, you know, should still be in the league. I think that he can still be a positive contributor for a team. Uh, and another one that I would like to see is Justin Patton, uh, someone who obviously was a, he was a lottery pick with the Timberwolves. I think he was 
He may have been the Bulls lottery pick that got traded to the Timberwolves in the Jimmy Butler trade. Um, had like a couple broken feet and uh, has been working his way back kind of ever since. Uh, had stops with OKC and Detroit and uh, most recently with Houston. But um, that would be someone that that I would like to see. Uh, someone who, again, kind of struggles mobily, but mobility-wise, I guess I should say. But I, I thought, you know, did some really good things in the, the little two-way run that he got with the Rockets this year. Um, a, a very talented player. I think someone who has a little bit of shooting potential in there as well, but can rebound score in the post. Um, someone that I like. And just, I think, kind of a name to look out after. Um, how about how about Kenny Wooten? Hmm. Kenny Wooten. I, I remember him from last give year. Me your, give me your Kenny Wooten proposal, because that's not someone who I've seen play a ton. Um, well, I mean, could be a floor spacing presence to an extent. Um, is kind of like a vertical roller guy. Um, he is thin. I'm not saying he's not, um, but definitely is like a high energy guy, uh, is just has unbelievable timing is a shot blocker. Um, and he is uh, like, again, is thin, but finds a way just to kind of make things happen on ball at times um, it, it, when he's it, like in a way, um, given that he is like an undersized kind of four guy, he, he has really good quickness, quick first step um, and kind of can honestly jam on people a little bit. Um, and just for quick, quick bursts, I, I think it might be a guy that um, could be in an intriguing defensive piece um, here and there in, uh, in really is, is really athletic in the open floor can kind of um, create, um, just really heady defensively, and uh, I, I, again, it's, this is not this is just like a shot in the dark. But to me, um, King is is definitely a guy that I'd be looking at just because of the shot creation. Yeah, he's definitely an interesting one. Um, I'm gonna throw another one at you specifically here. I'm gonna do first. Uh, just Jonathan kind of Motley, about, too, you know, for the record, Jonathan Motley is another interesting one for sure. Um, I want to throw this one at you though. I'm gonna do only 20 years old. Jalen LeCue, who got weighed by the Pacers. Yeah, that definitely be a good one. Um, a guy with a lot of bounce. A lot of bounce. Oh, yeah. has kind of, you know, bounced around and such like that. Um, obviously, you know, being a point guard, not really having a jump shot can be, you know, tough at times. But I, I'd be down for that. I want to throw one more back at you since we're you now talking about former Knicks and yeah. whatnot. How about Miles Powell? Oh, you I know you like Miles Powell. Yes. I know you like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like at this point, it's kind of like, and especially when when we've we've seen that you know, I, I don't think that there are like serious you know injury concerns with Darius and Colin, but we, I think we can expect that you know there will be nights when they don't play. You know, they they do get banged up sometimes. They're smaller guys uh, compared to you know the rest of the NBA. Um, I think it's you know reasonable to expect that they won't play every game the rest of the season, uh, and in those situations, especially on a night where neither of them play. Um, I, I wouldn't be opposed at all to bringing in, you know, one of those, another just kind of, of young, unproven guard. Um, looking at some other options, I think Zaire Smith is another one who is mm-hmm. still out there. And I'm not sure if he really has anything left. Um, yeah, kind of, I thought so. kind of a, injuries and the illness uh, kind of derailed him. Uh, but another guy who, again, is only 21 years old. Um, you have Kai Mike. Bowman. Michael Beasley's still hooping somewhere. I Michael Beasley, I 
uh, maybe I don't. <laughs> Where, yeah. do, do do we think that Michael is Michael Beasley playing somewhere right now? I honestly I'm gonna don't Google know. Michael Beasley. Hold on. Really don't know. Like he's technically, like he didn't retire, did he? I don't think so. You know, what, Kenny Wooten Beasley... says actually is two thirty five. I guess he actually gained weight a little bit, but yeah. Sorry, you were saying. Oh, I don't know. I I can't find anywhere. I knew that he had like. He didn't retire because he like he he should be signed in the big with three, the G League. I would imagine. He'd be a great big three guy, but he had signed with the G League like to enter the G League draft, and then he went undrafted. Oh. So I'm oh. not sure what he's doing oh. now. That's but, a little weird. Um, Nobody would uh, well because well there were some like vats here and there in that. So. Yeah, like I, I just don't think that you know a G League teams were really interested in bringing in the older guys. Uh, yeah, because I think Lance Stevenson was in that as well. Um, yeah. Jeremy Lin did end up getting picked up, but yeah, it, it was, was just, just kind of more as like a maybe like potential resurrection type guy where he could just kind of come in maybe for a team that might need a little bit of pop to maybe like make a if for like a playoff push. I, I don't know. I think Kai Bowman, just on the on the topic of kind of young guards, would be another interesting one. Obviously, we saw him get you know a big opportunity with the Warriors to play some real minutes. I don't think he was too terrible in that role, and I, I know there's another guy who, true. you know, I think looking around, um, I'll mention one more, and I think on the latest episode of like the Wine and Gold Talk podcast with Fedor, um, he had mentioned that like before the Kevin Gailey signing went down, uh, he like noted two names to kind of keep an eye out for, being Kevin Gailey and Terrence Ferguson. Oh, okay. So, like, there might actually be something behind that. Maybe we'll actually see it at some point. But uh, Terrence Ferguson, a guy who I kind of liked early in his career with the Thunder, just seemed like, you know, a playable wing who, you know, had some bounce, um, had some ability to hit a shot. Uh, it seems like that just has completely evaporated any ability. I, I think, you know, he, he really struggled with the Sixers this year. But would that be something that would interest you guys at all? I mean, that's another guy who's still really pretty young. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point in the season, I don't see why not. Like you said, um... He offers athleticism. His jump shot isn't really there. I'm trying to think. Where was his last stop? Was it the Knicks or was it? It was the Sixers, right? He he was with the Sixers yeah, and he got okay. traded to the Knicks. But okay, it was, like, so it was on right Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'd be all for that. I'm yeah, sure I think you know there the, there are plenty of names to, to kind of take a look at out there. Yeah. We'll see what kind of approach the Cavaliers take here. Whether it is just kind of cycling through ten day guys. Or if they, you know, do just hand out, a, a, you know, a, a rest of season deal to somebody. Um, looking forward to it. Just looking forward, to, you know, seeing some new guys. And like I said, I think, you know, just those the, the lowest ten days are, you know, how you find guys. Um, the Cavaliers have done well, kind of on the margins. You know, finding Dean Wade, finding Lamar Stevens. Um, you know, Brock Thomas is still kind of a work in progress, but I think we've seen a lot of positive things from him. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who they kind of bring in next. It'll be interesting to see how. Fiondo Cavangale kind of progresses. Um, one more thing I do just kind of want to talk about real quick, Dan. Um, I know you have mentioned in the past that Isaac Okoro, you know, kind of needs to add that mid-range pull-up game. Isaac Okoro took a mid-range pull-up against the Thunder. Or against yeah. the Thunder, against the Raptors. Uh, he did Raptors, it. yeah. The Raptors. Isaac Okoro, like, actually, like, took a couple dribbles inside, stopped dribbling, and shot a mid-range jumper. Thoughts. Yeah. Um, it didn't go in, but he did it. Well, 
Daryl Morey was not a fan of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's. I just think it's. It's. We're just seeing sprinkles of um, the the small things um, that maybe get lost a little bit with Okoro. Um, we touched on this a little bit with uh, Zach in that podcast yesterday. Just how he's showing a little bit more of offensive rebounding feel game to game. Um, have seen that in the last like four to five games and. Um, he, he's he's a guy if, that I, I think if can kind of crash a little bit more on the weak side. I think that's just a, another um, way he can kind of have an impact in the game. I do just have a couple more things I want to talk about. Um, one, I want to say it's kind of interesting to me talking. I, I want to talk about Isaiah Thomas just really quickly. Um, it's interesting to me, and obviously, you know, Isaiah Thomas, the good. It, it's a feel good story him being in the NBA. I think more than anything. But uh, interesting that on a night where obviously they probably are not going to have Josh Hartett anymore this season, uh, I would be surprised if he plays again. Uh, they were without Lonzo Ball. They were without Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um, were you guys surprised at all that Isaiah Thomas didn't get any run tonight? Especially you know being on a ten day right now in kind of a prove it situation. They they leaned you know very very heavily obviously on Najee Marshall. Um, Kyra Lewis got a lot of run. Eric Bledsoe obviously got his regular amount of run, but did you guys expect to see Isaiah Thomas play at all tonight? I'm just kind of, I'm, I feel like, to me it was just weird that they, they are signing him to a 10-day, and in a night where you're down three guards, you're not playing, you know, this 10-day veteran guard that you signed. Yeah, um, I don't know if it really came as a shock, just because Najee Marshall, you know, he did have a solid game for them. And, oh, he played um, very well, yeah. Yeah, he played very well. Uh, just with Kyra Lewis, I just feel like, I don't know, it's, it's time to for him to, you know, get more playing time. You know, he's been solid for them this season. He just hasn't really gotten the opportunity, of course, in that crowded backcourt. I feel like this, today was a chance to do so against the Cavs team who was just decimated with injuries. I feel like that move just made sense right there, especially considering that, you know, of course, you have Lonzo Ball going free and seeing whatever happens with him. It's just to see what you have out of a player like him. Personally, I was more surprised that they didn't, you know, go towards a guy like Wesley Awundu. I don't think he played at all today. Yes. I don't know if it's injury-related or not, but he just didn't play. But, yeah, Isaiah Thomas not playing didn't really surprise me. Wes has struggled greatly this year, and I think that was someone who we had kind of identified in the offseason as a good pickup by whoever got him. Uh, ended up getting, you know, to Dallas and really just struggled and obviously isn't in New Orleans' rotation either. Um, Dan, do you think this is the last stop for Isaiah Thomas? Yeah, it, it, there's just so many limitations. I'm not going to get into the gory detail. Um, and it, it just just needs the ball in his hands so, so frequently. And just, I mean, even like a guy like Delhi could actually like get a, in, some penetration on him. And just has always been clueless defensively, uh, like off the ball. It's just disaster. Doesn't even attempt to get through screens. Um, I mean, it's good for him that he, that he found his way into the league, but I'm with Hamadou. They got to get Kyra Lewis um, run when they can. Um, and in these situations, that's natural for it. And it, he didn't shoot well in, that, in this one, but he was able to get to his spots a good amount and just so blazing fast. And yes, extremely is, quick. Is, is just like nearly impossible to stay in front of. And Isaiah Thomas, I just – I. It's just hard for me to – I don't even know how anybody really took him, uh, even in that realm. Um, 
earn that way. And uh, I just, for them, I just don't really see what that would provide. To be fair, like playing Kyra Lewis over him was definitely the right decision. It's just kind of, I, I guess the, the weird part to me is why sign him in the first place? If, you know, on a night where your guard death is depleted, you're not going to give him any run. It just seems like if the plan was to play Cairo Lewis, why didn't you just stick with Cairo Lewis and not even well, bother I think signing Isaiah? I think it's maybe like that was a management decision, but it's, it's another thing to yeah, actually always... have Stan actually play him. That, that's that's definitely a fair point. And, you know, if nothing else, I mean, it made, made people happy just to see him, you know, back in the Yeah, I, I mean, good, you know, good for him. I'm not, I'm not trying to... Mm-hmm discredit him i just no just it's just hard to believe honestly that anyone actually did <laughs> what do we think of our old friend yoki farrell getting a 10 day with the clippers i'm all for it um i think i do want to say the clippers have a lot of guards but i feel like that's because uh patrick Beverly will be out i think what four to six weeks with mm-hmm. that injury so he's gonna be out for yeah. a while yeah so i guess for that 10 day that makes sense but yeah that guard rotation is getting heavy I know they just signed Malik Fitz to a ten day too. I think they're like they're they're maxed out on the roster, so they might have to get rid of Malik Fitz. We'll end up seeing what happens there. But um Danny, you like the you like seeing uh Yogi back with another opportunity? Yeah. Uh well with Yogi, um he's he's gonna have gonna be a high usage guy. It'll be kind of um interesting to see how that would shake out um in, in real minutes on them, but uh, can can be a guy that can get hot for you. I can understand what they were going with there. Anything else you either of you got to say before we get out of here? Um, um, Larry Nance Jr. tweeted out like 40 minutes back ago. Back soon. Back soon. So I guess that's hinting at the fact that he'll be back on Wednesday. Hopefully we see him well, on Wednesday promising. in Charlotte. So, yeah. That's definitely promising. Um, I don't know. The concussions are, you know, always – a big question mark as to when, you know, guys are going to be back from those. Obviously, Larry dealt with that early in the season, um, came back quick. Delhi also dealt with it early in the season and continued to deal with it up until like a couple weeks ago. Um, so we'll see how it happens with Jared. Um, he may be back have, by Wednesday. He may not. What were you saying? I was just going to say one last thing. Yeah. Do, do we have any gauge of what Dylan Windler is going to be the rest of the season? Is he going to actually be like – is he going to be playing real minutes game to game? I'm, I'm, I, I hope that he's not just completely out of the rotation at this point. Um, when he is back, I hope that's not the case. But it's, I mean, it was, it's, it was it's going to be, way. it's, it's going to be actually pretty tough when that is the case. Yeah, especially say they do, you know, decide to bring in a Terrence Ferguson. That's just going to be another guy in his way. Um. I don't know. It depends if, if Tarion keeps playing as well as he, you know, he's played and he hasn't been on fire in these last couple of games, but, you know, has continued to be kind of an important piece just shot creation wise on the floor for this team. Um, yeah. As far as the ring rotation, you know, is concerned, I think it's a legitimate concern. Um, seems like Miller could be Dell and draft night or something. I, I, it's just hard for me to and see, especially like, see what the outlook is, is going to be. I don't know, but like, I, I, I don't I, think I, it. I was gonna say I, I don't think it's like a wild, you know, a thought to think that like he'll be on this team next year. Like I, I still expect Dylan to be here next year. I do too. Um, I'll, I'll, just I'll pull as a thought. You know, yeah, it's it's definitely you know a possibility. 
Um, you know, it's going to make $2.2 million next year. And right. then his fourth-year team option is $4 million. Like, for a guy that you still hope can be a shooter for you, those are really, really cheap numbers. Yeah, um, you would think. With that being said, he's definitely, you know, not <laughs> considered a core piece of this team right now. I don't think anybody really considers him to be part of that, you know, really yeah. part of the um, Okoro, Sexton, Girl, and, you know, Allen core I don't mm-hmm. really even know if he's on the level of the Hartenstein, you know, Dean Wade. Um, I guess you can throw Lamar Stevens, you know, kind of surrounding core of young pieces either right now. Um, it's it's definitely up in Linda in limbo with Wendler right now. But I mean, you know, and, and even as he was kind of on his way out of the rotation, if he was dealing with you know some knee injuries and knee yeah. issues, yeah, that yes. could have you know hindered his performance a little bit as well. Um, yeah, I think it's just kind of a wait and see right now with Wendler. I don't know much more to what to say right now. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. And uh, shout out Miles Bridges for that dog. And he had a good that game. So it's not, you can't discredit yeah. the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he did. He made a fun play and made a positive impact. So shout out to Miles Bridges. Uh, shout out to, to He just hit a game winner. Oh, Did yeah, DeMar Rosen yeah. hit a game winner? Wow. Yeah, I guess the Mavericks. I'm wow. happy that well, he's, he's well, doing good. Out, shout out to everybody. Shout out to you, Dan. Shout, shout out to you, Amadou. Mm-hmm. Shout out, shout out to, to Tarian Prince. Um, shout out to Fiondo Cavangale. Thank you, everybody out there, for so much for listening. Thank you, Amadou. Thank you, Dan, for coming on tonight to recap these these couple of losses with me. Um, hopefully the Cavaliers will, will bounce back a little bit later in this week. But uh, until that point, um, yeah. Oh, and leave congrats, to, leave congrats to Hideki in Japan, too, as, a, as an aside. There we go. Shout out to him. Hey, everyone. The NBA season is underway, and there's no better way to celebrate than with Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today or visit thrivefantasy.com to get started. Use the promo code KLOVE, that's K-L-O-V-E, like Kevin Love, when you sign up and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and prop up today. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.